This is Call on the Field Stands. Got to fit in this episode here before Ryan and I take off down to Athens, Ohio for an extended weekend this weekend down in a cabin with about, what, 15 others, something like that? Oh, it's going to be it's gonna be a party. Hopefully we'll have some stories to report back next week on this podcast. This is going to be many beers drank, many games played, and I'm sure many wagers uh, wagered. So I'm looking Absolutely. forward to it. I'm psyched. <clears throat> my wife uh drinks white claw and that's what we're bringing and we we had a bunch left over and bought another variety pack then i needed beer this past weekend uh for my parents they were in town so i got a 12 pack of budweiser just to have and as we were checking out she was like oh we should be well set with alcohol for the weekend i kind of looked at her like well this is only a 12 pack of budweiser <laughs> and the white claws are for you <laughs> what are you insinuating here yeah I was trying to debate on how many beers I'm going to need to even bring. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. We're set, We're trying to figure out over-unders on how many beers each person drinks. How many beer, how, What do you think your over-under is going to be set Oh, at? man. A whole weekend? We got all day Friday evening and afternoon. I guess we're going to probably get there around four-ish. And then, you know, till- Just beers or alcoholic beverages? Ooh, see, that's- Because we're, we're starting at Athens Bars, correct? Correct. Gonna I'm probably going to just stick with town. beers for the most part. You know, I doubt I'll do too many shots or anything like that, but who knows? Who knows what kind of? Well, I do think probably bring a little bit of that Elijah Craig down there, get a little Ooh. nips, mm. get a couple nips. But uh, yeah, the, just beers. I don't know. It's got to be in the thirties, bro. Oh yeah, it's gonna be in the thirties. You know, we should uh, keep our uh, caps off the bottles and <laughs> tabs off the cans. See <laughs> what the count it. is. Let's Have to remember it. to do that for every single one, though. Yeah, we'll start probably do it for like the first night, and then Saturday is gonna be a shit show. I'm sure so. Totally forget. But yeah, there, there's a pool table there, so I'm sure there'll be some, like I said, some wagers and games going on there. Hopefully we'll have some tournament action to report back and make it sports-related, I guess. <laughs> Dude, we definitely but need some tourney action. Play a little, play a little poker. Bring Ooh, that. Yes. But uh, yeah, like I said, about 15, 16 of us going to be down there. It is going to be a good-ass time. So, a bunch of college uh, friends, uh, as mentioned on this podcast before, Jeff and I both went to Ohio University, and just about most everybody who's going to be down there also went to Ohio University. A little reunion action, so you know how them Bobcats can party, so it's going to be good times. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Can't wait, man. So, on the docket, tonight is... Pretty much all NFL with the combine already getting underway with media interviews and teams have already started conducting their player interviews and uh, tomorrow um, they actually start doing drills and it goes through the weekend. So we'll touch a little bit on that and then obviously the people get so excited about the combine. I do. It's just draft. I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe the draft. It's like, I can't wait to watch this guy. Dude, a shuttle drill. Yeah. No, I just, I like How many seeing, bench reps is he going to pump out today? I couldn't, yeah, I don't care about the bench. <laughs> but I I care about um, just the overall picture of some of these freak athletes. Like, yeah. If you're, whatever, 6'2", 225-pound running back, and you're running a 4'3", that just Bro, blows my mind. Just remember DK Metcalf, all the right. talk about that dude coming out right. of the combine, because he put up ridiculous, num- well, some of his, 
Oh, pardon me. Agility drills weren't the best. But he looked gigantic. He ran fast as fuck. Yep. And then he dropped way back in the draft and balled the fuck out for the Seahawks. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that part's kind of fun. Seahawks no, that, it's cool. Like Isaiah Simmons. Oh, my gosh. That His video stats. of him running step for step with Travis Etienne. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. He he measured in today. He's just a hair under 6'4". He's like 230 pounds. And the dude is running step for step with one of the fastest running backs in college The football. numbers he's going to put up at this combine are going to be absurd. He's a beast. He might not get out of the top five. No. And I see mock drafts seeing him drop outside the top ten. I, that will all change here I'm, soon. And we're definitely going to get more into uh, the draft and do uh, a mock draft ourselves. But I think Simmons might be the safest, most complete player in the draft. I know there are some other players up there in that discussion, but it's hard I, to I really that. like, I mean, dude, he's just so complete and versatile. He has no weaknesses and yeah. he's a freak of freak of an athlete. He's the, if you could create a player in your back seven on Madden for today's game, like he would be what you create yeah. pretty much for the back seven. So, um, so that's getting underway. And then we are in the midst of the new, uh, CBA agreement. And um, a lot of players have already voiced their opinions on social media. J.J. Watt immediately uh, rejected it, I saw on Twitter. Um, And then today, Aaron Rodgers kind of went at length on his thoughts about it. Um, The NFLPA reps already voted to send the proposal to full membership for approval. Simple majority of some 2,000 players must accept the agreement agreement for it to go into effect this year per this article on ESPN I'm looking at. so Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Like The difference between how a veteran like J.J. Watt or one that Pouncey brother, one of, one of them, dropping an expletive-filled Instagram post I saw on Twitter today where he just straight up bashed everything about the CBA, called it just terrible, uh, fucking bullshit was part of his rant, if memory serves. Um, so like the difference between a rookie or a young guy who's like on the cusp of making a 53, which I guess in this is going to go up from 53 to like 55 man roster, like one of those guys, what's going to be the difference between that and their weight in the vote versus like the top tier guys like, okay, a top tier guy might have one opinion, but another guy who's barely on the league, which is one would say probably the majority of the league are kind of hanging on. Uh, you could argue that if they see a work stoppage, they're fucked. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah, right. So I, I it's probably going to pass, to be honest, now that it got to that point. But who knows, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if there will be... I don't think it'll get to uh, work stoppage. But this, um, this agreement is... The fact that it got this far, probably not. It's a 10-year agreement. So whatever they agreed to, you know, they're locked in for it, the next decade. But that goes in next year or... Like the 2021 season, I correct? think it's starting the 2020 season. Oh, God. Maybe just some aspects of it are 2021. Um, but uh, the 17-game regular season would uh, begin in 21. Gotcha. That makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, speaking of that, what do you think about that whole aspect? You know, for years it's been a 16-game schedule. Now they want to add a game. There's a bunch of different sides to it. Obviously, the NFL wants to make as much money as possible. The players want to make as much money as possible while staying healthy doing it. I guess that's probably their main concern. Um, right. Well, at first, uh, I thought that $250,000 cap on earnings for players when they get um, that extra game check 
for that extra game. Uh, I thought that was stupid. Uh, yeah. This ESPN article is saying that the owners agreed to eliminate that $250,000 cap. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the earnings. obvious, like you take a guy's salary, whatever it is, you divide it by 16, take that number and add it to it to make it 17. That yeah. should be your number. Like if you're making, you know, $16 million right now, next year you should make $17 million. Right. But and they're trying to cap it at 250000 Obviously, the players were gonna, not going to have that. And I almost think it was put in there just to, as a negotiating as tool. As a low-ball thing. Yeah, to say, oh, yeah, you're right. We, you got us there. That's what, you know, we're, we're working with you. We eliminated that 250 cap. Look at us. We're really generous guys. Right. They had no intent to ever believe, I think, the players would ever accept anything remotely close to a $250,000 cap per player. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers in his comments today on social media basically said the owners made it clear that the 17th game is about paying for the quote added unquote benefits and had nothing to do with positive <laughs> feedback received about any extra risks involved with the added regular season. And a game. lot of the, the added expand, you know, if you want to call it that is like redistribution of revenue sharing. Like if a half of a percent is a big part of that, which is like billions of dollars, that's not an added expense, just loss of a revenue of redistributing to, you know, the players basically instead of putting it in your own pockets. So I don't know. It's all bullshit. You got these billionaire cats making hand over fist. I mean, I saw a stat the other day that said Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys for like less than 200 million or something like that. And now they're worth 5.5 billion. Yeah. I definitely the know they're year. worth 5.5 over the 30, that. over the 30 years he's owned the team. Like these guys got plenty of fucking money. I mean, I understand, you know, the players are their employees and they have a lot of other employees and expenses as well, but come on. Yeah. So with all that aside, as far as the extra game goes, I, I don't know, man. Why would you fix what isn't broken? The 16 regular game season has been fine. But at the same time, it's more football to watch. Right. So How like, impactful is it going to be to the product? I doubt at all, unless people start getting more injured and things like that. Uh, but, I mean, the product's going to be just as good. I think the playoff battles are going to come just as much down to the wire. For sure. And it's not really going to change. Like, there's not going to be probably more teams or less teams still in the hunt later in the season. You know, regardless, I guess maybe one extra game means some teams stick around in relevancy a little bit longer. But Yeah, you know. it would it would make that a little interesting. Um, but in the grand scheme, I don't think it's really going to have that much of, in, of an impact on the actual product that we no. see on, on the field. No, it definitely won't. But my thing is, and you could even argue this with 16 games. Why not throw in a second bye week for these players? That's a long 100%. season, dude. 100%. And some of these bye weeks are coming like week six. Yeah, early on. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to last, you know, or on 11 side, more weeks. Yeah, we're on the flip side, week 12. Like there needs to be more of a, a spreading out. You obviously can't give everybody a bye week right in the middle of the season. Implement two bye weeks, problem solved. Yeah. And especially with the 17th game. Because, you know, we want to see everybody pays attention to the game because the best players are doing the best player things. If more of those guys are getting injured because their bodies are put to that much more to the limit. How's that going to impact the fandom? You know, no one wants to see guys get injured. But at the same token, like guys are going to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs. I don't know. They're definitely playing hurt at that point. Right. Like players have even said. <clears throat> Everyone is playing with something by the end of the right. season, like toward the end. That really shouldn't, you know, obviously it's inevitable, but it shouldn't be, you should do everything you possibly can to reduce the risk for injury. And adding a bye week, I think would go a long way. 
yeah, I think adding a bye week would definitely go a long way. Um, and like I said, I think they could do that now with the 16 game. So 17th game, I mean, whatever. I think it's BS that they tried to cap the um, cap the game check. They're Greedy. like, come God, on, suckers. Come on. <laughs> you, whatever you made in the week one game check, you should make. And the game is 17. Yeah. They just want a free revenue stream. Free game? Like, come on. Yeah. Jeez. But no. Pass I mean, the main that. thing, though, is the expansion of the playoffs. Yes. We didn't really get into that yet. Um, what's your thoughts on that? So basically, they want to add a team to each conference, and instead of two teams, number one and two seed, getting a bye, only the number one seed would get a bye, and essentially there'd be a play-in game between the bottom two seed. Well, I don't know how they do the seeding, but there would basically be three games and the lowest seed would go on to play the the only team that got that one by. So you'd add two total teams to the playoff picture, meaning basically half the league is making the playoffs. I don't like it. I, I like the playoff format as it is. I I think it's perfect. 16 I I would even enjoy college football going to six teams with number 1 and 2 getting by. I it's I just like the format. Yeah. We can debate that later. (laughs) I mean, I'm still cool with eight, but I'd be open. I just, I like the format they have. Six teams, top two get a bye. Unlike college, it's not subjective. Like, you play the games, your record spits out at the end. Yeah, There's your seeding. Like, there's no, oh, well, this team's better than this team, and they played good down the stretch, but they beat them, and they lost to them. Like, it's just, poof, here it is. And, you, you know, you have an incentive to be a top two seed. Yep. I mean, obviously, you still have the incentive to have a one seed, but... Top two seeds, I think, makes sense and is about right. Yep. I don't know why you need to add a team. Same thing we talked about. Money grub at owners just want more revenue stream because they get an extra game to profit off of. So, obviously, they're going to be all for it. Whether or not the players are going to want to be, the, I mean, I don't know. It kind of goes back to the 17th game. Now you got an 18th game. If if the money's there, the players would be for it because I think they all want to win. They want to have a better percentage a better chance to get into the playoffs yeah and, and like we talked about before with the revenue sharing i mean the shared revenue is coming to them too that they're getting a piece of that extra game as well for sure so there's a lot of talk like you mentioned like if rogers blowing up and jj getting all pissed off like the players are making out pretty good too i think yeah i think they are um i mean it's a negotiation like thing. yeah you they play gotta... an extra game and you get an extra game check and it's hurting on your body but you get an extra game check. Like right. a guy playing, making $16 million a year is going to get an additional $1 million. Right. The only thing I'll say to that, especially with talking about adding extra game, you're not just talking about a 17th game in the regular season. Now um, that number two seed has to play an extra game. Um, but I'd love to know what kind of health insurance setup the NFL has for their players because I've heard – I've heard athletes, including Dustin Fox here locally in Cleveland, kind of bitch about what is really out there and offered to them. Like it doesn't last. Like it doesn't last even past when you retire. And I kind of kind of think, again, I don't know the exact details, but I definitely think they should have the primo, you know, cream of the crop health insurance offered to them. And these dudes yeah. are fucking taking like 300 pound linemen on every single um every single game day yeah i mean obviously the insurance but i mean they're also rich ass millionaires who can afford top tier 
that's true insurance policies and and all that kind of stuff and there is payment to pension like pension payments and things like that for retired players if you're in the league i think it's four years if you last four years you're set up like you get you're in the you know post-retirement plan where you get x amount of dollars and all that kind of stuff so i mean they can afford it i think the bigger issue is when what you about the about, lower level guys like two two years in and out, like like that two to four year range where it's kind of you're fucked. I guess I mean, which kind of maybe that is where the insurance kind of uh, comes into play because those are the guys obviously not going to be making as much money, so they're not going to have it stockpiled up in the bank, right? And now they're out the league in two years. Who knows what the hell situation they're going to be facing? So maybe that would be a, a good way to kind of address that. So far as like offering some type of health care, you know, if you don't last this long in the league you get on this health plan. If you do, instead, you get the pension, like this or that kind of thing. Yeah. but maybe I think, And maybe it's just five years after yeah. you're done. Like, hey, we'll help you out for five more years. You didn't make it. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to... No owner's going to be like, well, should I hire this guy? Because then I have to pay for his health insurance for the next X amount of years. Like, no one's going to think that way. They, you know, it's not going to impact employment negatively. It'll only help the players, basically. So, the Owners probably won't do it then. No, but uh, the, the main thing when you talk about health care is what they need to be focused more attention on, I think, is, and they have been, let me give them credit, like with the concussions and things like that, but like during their time playing, the treatment that they're receiving, the medicals that they're receiving, um, <clears throat> you know, allowing them to go on the field and play through injuries. Like you said, like anybody at the, in the week 17, they're playing with something. You can't really avoid it, but there should be more attention to trying to prevent long-term injuries down the road. But at the same time, players don't give a shit. Like, they know the risks, and they're willing to risk whatever to get their bag while they can. And if they're crippled like Earl Campbell by the time they're 55, well, that's just the cost of doing business, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious to see how players now playing today um, with technology – improving in rule changes you know if it actually helps them out down the road you know when they're in their 50s and 60s yeah. i mean like the, to think it would the concussions thing is certainly probably you know being looked at more i mean if you get up halfway woozy you're throwing you're off the field and you're getting evaluated so one could only assume that's having beneficial long-term effects down the road like there's guys who are one concussion away or you know they have a concussion and they get back in the game too early and they get hit again and they're who knows what damage that's going to do. Right. But you're not really going to see that damage until 10 years from now. Like, who like knows? Luke Keekley, what the hell yeah. is he going to be doing in, like, 15 years? Yeah. I so, mean, that dude needed to retire. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think they're definitely taking proactive steps to kind of mitigate the long-term damage that doesn't get seen until out of their, they're out of the league and, you know, off the health insurance and not really a lot of times getting the care they need. I mean, look at Antonio Brown, for instance. Like, dude is a psycho. And it certainly has to do with some head shit, I'm assuming. Like, him getting hit in the head all them years. You look at some of his early career interviews, he's all, like, reserved and, like, yeah, polite I, and all that kind of stuff. And now he's, like, a fucking wild card. Yeah, he's definitely a wild card. That has to... I mean, we kind of joked about it earlier, like, Vontez Burford fucked him up. But, like, probably did. Yeah, probably, probably did. did. <laughs> it's fucked up. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of different ins and outs to the whole thing. But ultimately, it's up to the players to kind of stick up for themselves in that respect. But they're not really looking at long-term. They're looking at how can I maximize my time in the NFL right now to get as much money as possible. I'm not going to be thinking about 10 years from now whether or not I'll be able to recognize who my family is and shit like that. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs to that perspective of it, I guess. 
yeah, the I also think the uh, the targeting rule being implemented has kind of cut down on the deliberate like spear shots to the chest leading with your head and yeah. going head to head. Like sure. I think it it's definitely starting to get ingrained in uh the defensive players' minds, like, eh, can't always lead with your head, you know what I mean? Can't like just lunge at the dudes. It still happens. But you're not seeing these crushing freaking headshots that used to get celebrated all the time. Like you can look up YouTube videos of big hits, and they're all safeties just freaking annihilating yeah. a receiver coming over the middle, <laughs> just straight to the dome. Yeah, like James Harrison literally murdering Colt McCoy in the field. That was crazy. You, you don't see you don't see that type of just blatant kill shot anymore. Where are we at? How do we get off this tangent of health insurance and? Concussions. What were we talking? Talking about? about player agreements, bro. Player, but like, which part of this current player agreement? Um, just the just with the whole expanding the season, yeah. adding another game. You know what? What kind of long term impacts? I'm talking about oh, injuries. That's another thing I wanted to mention too, though. Like, <clears throat> how are young players going to vote or react differently to a CBA than older players? I'm guessing this is going to pass with relative ease. Yeah, I mean, the younger players still need to make their money. Yeah, you already said the like ten year guys, guys. All the guys it. we're hearing, Aaron Rodgers, JJ Watt, like these guys are long time players. They already got theirs. They could sit out a season if they wanted to. We wouldn't do nothing. Yeah. So, I don't know how much representation or how much looking out for the little man of those two thousand players in the NFL. Some of these CBA agreements have, uh, but I mean, I don't know. What is your just overall like? What do you think about this whole agreement? Do you think it's fair for both sides? Do you think it should be voted on? Like, what do you think? Should be different, other than the playoff, because you already you know kind of mentioned your, uh, you know, not liking that. <clears throat> There's always going to be contention on both sides. I heard uh, this isn't my theory. This is something Adam the Bull said. He said the NFL always you know plays it up that oh they have this great CBA proposal coming out and they, um, they do a good job of kind of like pumping that up, so that way when it's actually issued to the players and the players shoot down the initial proposal. They can paint the players as like kind of the bad guys. Dude. Yeah. Look at Adam Schefter's tweets over the last week and a half. He's basically just tweeting word for word. What some owner in the back room is probably telling him to tweet. Like yeah. it's all pro owners. Yeah. Every single tweet. And he's obviously the most popular Twitter NFL guy, whatever, however you fucking call him. In on Twitter, yeah, like he is the NFL guy. He's the scooper. He has all the inside information, and all he's ever tweeting is pro owner. Right, Which makes it. It's almost like trying to sway fan opinion against the players and support of the owners. It's like it's like lobbying, man. They're buying their fucking reputation to just have the most popular person tweet what they want to say. Yeah, and makes the players look look bad. And For then sure. you hear guys like you know Richard Sherman saying this is bullshit, and everyone's like, oh, it's just Richard Sherman being Richard Sherman. Exactly. Like, come on. They plant the seed. So, you know, I I think I can't speak specifically to this, what's going to happen or if it's fair to both sides. I don't really know. Overall, though, I mean, CBAs in any professional sport should be fair to both sides. Players need to be taken care of. They're a huge factor into bringing in the revenue. But it's also a business. Those owners invested into these franchises for a reason, to make money. But 
money is definitely being made and NFL is easily the most physical violent sport out of the professional sports throw hockey up there too but NFL there's a shit ton of money coming in when you look at the MLB and the NBA and look at some of the guaranteed uh money that comes in with some of those contracts for the star players i mean i i just i'd like to think that the uh NFL players especially the um you know the stars and uh the younger guys if they hit you know, a certain like four years or five year threshold that they're being taken care of properly. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I'm surprised they didn't fight for more. Like there was all this talk about the 17th game. And this might be just the narrative that the players are, I wouldn't say falling for, but going after at least publicly is what we're hearing about more so than what I'm about to say. Like they're playing in the seats, 17 games, only 250,000. Everybody pay attention to this. Let's not bring up guaranteed contracts. Like that would be yeah. if I was a player, that's what I would want. Like I would want more baseball structure contact contracts almost. Obviously, you're not going to get to that because there's so much risk involved with the injury and everything like that. But some type of guarantee that you're going to make out if your leg falls off tomorrow or you get a concussion that ends your career. Yes. Like that's what I would be fighting for. Fuck the seventeenth game. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the seventeenth game. I'll take an eighteenth game. Give a shit. How about you give me a guaranteed contract or guaranteed some type of, you know, stipend payment after my career is over and I retire. If I spent X number of years in a league, I get X number of dollars for X number of years. The longer you're in, the more you get long-term. Like Shit like that. Instead of worrying about the 17th game and there's 250000 Like Yeah, that's important, but the guaranteed money is what should be the most important, especially for the younger guys. But yeah. they make, I mean, they get their signing bonuses and things like that, but especially for the younger guys, they want, they're the ones who need their guarantees. I don't know what that impact that would have on initial signings and initial contracts and things like that, but shit could be worked out. And it's almost like they fell for the the trick of we're adding a 17th game and only paying you 250000 for it. But then they negotiate out of it like they were never going to not do. Yeah. And then they say, we gave you something. Let's pay, let's move this along. Like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm always going to be siding with the players and things like this because fuck the owners, but. I think they missed the ball in some respects so far as like where that's concerned, like the guarantees. and things I, like that. I agree with you. I'd be fighting for a higher percentage of guaranteed money, making oh, yeah. it into the contracts. And Alan Robinson tweeted out, uh, get the franchise tag out of the new CBA. I mean, that's another thing too. If you get, if you get tagged, it's not necessarily maximizing your guaranteed money. Yeah. You right. might on that tag year, you might make bank for that one year, but that's not job security. You know, that's not, not What if you get injured that right. year? What if you break your fucking knee or ankle or whatever it may be and you're sidelined and you might not, you probably get lowballed for your next contract going into the next year. So that's where it really screws players. Yeah, so not the, not the initial money that year. It's job security and guaranteed money after that season if right. you get hurt. There's a lot of risk there. Yeah, that's a good, perfect example. Like, why is nobody talking about that? I mean, it was kind of mentioned a little bit, but it was never mentioned in even making a sniff into the agreement. Like, they just need to restructure some of those things. But I think it comes down again to veteran guys are the ones who are having all the representation and the younger guys who, or not even younger guys, but the less expensive guys who make up the majority of the league have less of a voice because they're not the stars and the faces of the NFL. So you have guys who are in the very, very top making the decisions for everybody, almost like current U.S. politics, where you got all everybody up top making the decisions for everybody else. 
and you know people get left at it left behind and and ultimately screwed in some cases you know you get drafted you sign a signing bonus you fuck up your shoulder and never play again well your career is over i mean you got a nice little signing bonus or you played one year and you got a concussion and now you retire like I don't know. You need, I would be fighting for more security in that respect, but why would Aaron Rodgers or Richard Sherman give a shit about security? They're about to retire anyways. I'm not saying they don't care about the rest of the players, but I don't know. Yeah. Listen, listen to this. So <clears throat> to keep beating on this, I get it, but other items in the deal the owners approved include no extra bye week in the regular season, something that had been discussed. However, Listen to this BS from the owners on this ESPN article. However, teams basically would have two bye weeks to prepare for the season opener with the elimination of the fourth preseason game. So they're saying, oh, we're going to eliminate the fourth preseason game. Oh, everybody game. gets a fourth. There's, your, there's bye your bye week. There's everybody your bye gets a second guys. bye week. It's before the season starts. It's ridiculous. Wow. Bro. That's absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> I mean, come on. They got another one on training camp. Padded practices would be reduced from a total of 28 to 16. A five-day acclimation period would precede summer practices. There would be more days off during camp, eight instead of five, and a limit on joint practices. Okay, Dude, practicing with pads kind of prepares you for the physicality that is the game. Another example of older players dictating the rules for the league. Like, okay, I get Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to practice this much. Joe Thomas never practiced. Basically, he didn't. He didn't do shit. Is my understanding. How are you going to get the younger guys prepared for the games if they're not allowed to practice? How are you going to? And how much more difficult is it for a guy who gets drafted to be ready for the season if you have that much less practices? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. You you would think you should just leave that up to the teams to govern their own yeah, fran- like their own expectations on camp. Okay. Um, the other thing is why why not start camp earlier in the summer but space it out like okay we're going to start this week no pads give you next week off just film and like playbook install stuff like that more mental aspect stuff following week back on the practice field then slowly build up to putting your helmet on and putting your uh, pads on and hitting a little bit before yeah i get the preseason i get the the physical side you might want to limit some things some players might want to bitch about that but like other type of, you know, mandatory be in the building type shit. Like you're an employee of an organization, and the organization's not allowed to say when you're supposed to be to work. Be at work. Like oh, yeah. we're supposed to go to work tomorrow. Bet my CBA says I don't got to show up. Right. It's like <clears throat> that. That yeah. That part is a little goofy to me. I would, and especially for the young players. Like and, you can't. And a lot of there's yeah. like all these restrictions. Like you can't be doing this because it's outside of this window. And even if players want to do some certain things, they can't because it'd be against the CBA and they'd be violating, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's just weird. Like uh, they they should be allowed to do what they want to do, basically. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, the major league scene where that third baseman. Dorn, Roger Dorn comes up to uh, Lou, the manager, and talks about he doesn't have to do any calisthenics he finds right unnecessary. Here in my <laughs> yeah, he takes it out and pisses on it right on the field. It's awesome. Prime example right there. Like, you don't like it, get the fuck out. Yeah, don't be soft. Right. But at the same time, if I'm, a, you know, a GM or head coach and Aaron Rodgers, you know, I, I don't want to overwork Aaron Rodgers during certain aspects of camp and um 
OTAs, it's kind of like, I already know he's a Hall of Fame yeah. quarterback. I can only do so much. Like, I don't need to work him to fucking death. He doesn't need the work. So. Yeah, and I guess that's why they get some of those optional things and players can decide whether or not they want to show up. But There you go. Put options in it. Well, they're in the league seven more years. I mean, you don't have to. A lot of that's yeah. what I mean. What I mean is they have some options in some respects, but if a coach thinks, okay, it would be beneficial for the team if everybody was here, we got a bunch of new players, everybody should show up. Well, I have no authority to tell them to show up to work. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't know. Yeah. It would be, uh, we've never really seen a work stoppage in our lifetime, have we? Like a, a big one in the three major professional sports. Yeah, I mean, the last was probably MLB in the early 90s. When we were around. 94, we were that's too it. Young. And of course, um, it was during Indians peak in the fucking 90s. Yeah. They would not have a World Series <laughs> right. one of the years. Yeah. Um, so it'd be kind of. Had some I, I think they might have. The NFL refs did, and yeah. they came back and still suck ass. Um, I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting to see a work stoppage. What would really happen? It would suck, man. It would it, suck. It would suck, but I feel I'd be curious to see if uh, the owners really cave if if uh, all the players they bought wouldn't. into doing that. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. First of all, yeah, they're losing out on potential money and there some expenses. They're not paying the players. They're not. Well, paying that's the thing. <clears throat> they wouldn't be paying the players. They, they would have not that much expenses. And they're already all fucking billionaires anyways. Who do you think is going to cave first? A bunch of dudes who are making millions. And like I said, majority of the league's not making a That's bunch true. of money. Majority of the league needs their their game check to keep living their daily life. Owners could take years off. Yeah. Doesn't matter to them. You yeah. know? Wipe out all those players' salaries. You know, the teams that are close to the cap too. Right. It's like, okay, well, now I don't have these... Hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. being taken You'd out. You'd lose of out on some, you know, revenue, but not that much to make an impact, especially for guys who are already billionaires. What yeah, they got have a they got impact? side businesses. Right. What do you think is gonna have a bigger impact? That's why the, ah, there's a lot of fucking money coming in though in the NFL. Yeah, I mean it would it, it would take something drastic, I think, to get to that point. But it could happen. But I think ultimately the players are you know, the owners have the players by the balls in many respects. They There's do. not a whole lot they could do about it. And they know that, and the owners know that, and that's why we're about to get a 17th game for next to no guarantees. You're no intelligent guarantee. if uh, you've got a billion dollars and can just straight up buy a professional franchise. Hell they know yeah. what they're doing. They, right. they, exactly. they know what they're doing with this exactly. business deal. So, yeah, I mean, that's all the CBA. That's the, but the NFL, you know, speaking of other things, we, got, we talked about the Combine. Um, just to t- touch on a couple quick points. Um, and you know, as we mentioned previously, we want to get into a full on mock draft. Be ready for that. We're going to make a video and all that kind of stuff, hopefully in the next week or so. Uh, so be on the lookout for that if you're hearing this. Um, but we had some, some, uh, you know, controversy, if you want to call it that, some speculation on whether or not the presumed number one overall pick would actually stick around and play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, <clears throat> there was some speculation that he wouldn't, that he would basically demand not to sign there. Uh, he basically dispelled those rumors uh, today or yesterday, basically saying, yeah, I'll go wherever the fuck I, I get drafted. I don't care. Um, what do you think? You think he should have uh, stuck around and played with the Bengals? I mean, it worked out for Eli. It worked out for Elway. The Bengals are booty. He should sack up and go to the team that drafts him, I number agree. one. And the thing, you know, people go to the Elway and <clears throat> Eli Manning thing. Difference there is, 
Eli Manning had millions waiting for him in baseball. He could have been a professional baseball player. Now, I don't know if he would have made it huge in the majors or anything like that, but he was that good to where he had another professional sport to fall back on. A little bit of leverage there. And then Eli Manning, look at that last name, bro. He's got daddy and he's got a big brother in the NFL. It's not like he was some random kid saying, fuck this, I'm not playing not playing for this team. You know, he had... He had that uh, Manning name and support to be able to have a little bit of leverage to actually say, yeah, I'm not going to play for you. Going to go to want to play for a different team. I don't really see that with Joe Burrow's situation. What what do you mean? Like he couldn't get away with it? You think if he came out and said, go ahead and draft me, I will not play a snap and I will not sign. You think they're just going to draft him anyways? Of course not. They're going to move him. They're going to move him for sure. Like he has leverage. They're not going to waste some. their first overall pick on a dude who they're not going to, who adamantly says they're not going to sign with him. That'd be stupid of him to do. Real dumb. Like a lot of shit would jump off and hit the fan and it would just be bad for the brand of his personal image. It'd be bad for a lot of things. But think about that. What if they still drafted him? What would he do? Nothing. It'd be a toxic relationship and he'd probably not put in the work that would need be needed. His career would be fucked, basically. Like, It'd be. Totally fucked. His, like I said, his image would be fucked because he like the branding opportunities for a guy who adamantly says he doesn't want to play for an organization, then gets drafted and is forced to anyways. Yeah. If they could go that route, that'd be a bad move for Burrow, and I think he realizes that, whether or not he wants to play there or not. I don't really think he gives a shit. Like, I don't think he cares. Like, we saw no. with Baker Mayfield last year. The Browns. The no, fucking this, Browns this were whole talking thing about was all him. the media. Right. I feel like. The Browns were talking about drafting him. The worst franchise in decades. They lost zero, or they won zero games. Right before they drafted him. Yeah. And then won one game the year before they drafted him. And he was like, yeah, I'll go there. See, I don't know what his, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know how it works if they draft Joe Burrow and he says, fuck you. I'm not, I'm not signing my contract with you. He doesn't get paid. I don't know. Like, <clears throat> yeah, but I don't know when he's allowed to become a free agent or if like other teams are allowed to pick him up because he like, I don't know how they I don't know how the yeah, I don't know how the draft rights they probably really have work. the right to not allow him to play another down the rest of his life. Honestly. Rest of his life. Or, I don't know if that's true, but or like might, the standard rookie yeah, contract four year years, contract. four or five, whatever. I'm not sure. That would be like I said, that'd be really dumb. Be really dumb. But they would definitely trade him. Like they wouldn't just let him sit there. I mean, I guess you keep him from going anywhere else, but like you just wasted your first overall pick. It would be a waste for the Bengals for him. too. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it would be. But ultimately, I agree with you. Like the whole narrative was probably all media bullshit, and it would be also stupid as fuck for him to actually do it. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he would want to. And like you were talking about, like Manning, like Manning had brand. There was weight forever. behind it. Right is my point. And same with uh, uh, Elway. Yeah. It's just like Bo Jackson. He got ruled ineligible his last season at Auburn because uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks bought him. Forget the exact story. They were visiting him or hooked him up with an agent or something like that, and it got leaked to the NCAA, and he couldn't finish playing baseball his senior year at Auburn, and he was pissed. And they still drafted him after Mm -hmm. he said, I'm not going to come play for you if you draft me. Well, that's because he can play baseball. So he yeah. said, fuck it. I'm not playing football. I'm going to go play pro baseball. <laughs> and then years down the road, he said, I'm going to go play football as a hobby on the side of baseball. That's <laughs> when he went to the Raiders. 
Yeah, I mean, it's also different when you look in the perspective of what the NFL was back then, the money that is sure, generated yeah. today. Like, a team could lose out on their first-round pick and how influential is it going to have to their bottom line. Same thing with a player. He can say, fuck this, I'm out. How yeah. much is going to have on his bottom Not line? Not in the long run. Today, a lot more money's flying around, and it's a lot more influential. Uh, especially being, I mean, who wouldn't want to be the first overall pick? You make That's bank, what I'm saying, bro. You're secured. And you get to be the first overall. You're you're branded as the first overall pick. You know how much more side money you can make on endorsements being the first overall pick? A lot. How many Dude, commercials is Baker doing? Bro, for fucking progressive, bro, a million. Especially Joe Burrow from Ohio, Mike. from Southern Ohio. Yeah. Like Cincinnati has the first overall pick. He definitely will get a bunch of local endorsements. Yeah, and it's not even like they're a trash organization in the long. I mean, they made the playoffs a lot in, in the last decade and a half. Mike Brown. I mean, he wouldn't be the owner I would choose, but I agree with you. It's not like they a lot worse organizations they, in, I mean, in the NFL. Over the past twenty years, they've drafted well. They've made the playoffs numerous times. Like they just happen to have Andy Dalton as their QB, who yeah, and Marvin Lewis as their coach, who can't get past the first round. Yeah, at least they get there. Yeah, the Browns never do win some games. The Browns never do. So yeah, that, that's just weird. Like I think there's so much media bullshit. Like oh, his hand size is only nine and nine and a quarter. Was it? He just forgot how to hold a fucking football. Yeah, C- come on, Jake bro. Burns tweeted out. Come on, bro. Joe Burrow football played football in the state of Ohio his entire life. Coming back to Ohio to play professional football, all of a sudden his hands are a problem, like holding yeah. the football in the same state he, he literally anymore. grew up in. It, it, that's another one of those media things that they're just trying to get attention and clicks. So they'll make stories about how NFL their hand size is a big deal now. Like no. It's literally not. No one gives a fuck. Pat Mahomes is what nine and a quarter inch bigger. Dude's the best quarterback we've ever seen. Like no one gives a fuck about this except for media writing stories to get people riled up and people take the bait and flip out about it. Yeah. And now it's all anyone talks about until they go on to something else. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. The media is driving me nuts. It's painful. Which is why we do call on the field stands podcast. That's right. Let's go. So. Yeah. I don't know, any other uh, quick topics? I mean, any... Uh, all right, how about this? Before we uh, roll, you got uh, the Bengals, the Redskins, and the Lions. A little preview for the mock draft. You got one, two, three real quick before we wrap up. One, two, three. As of today, I would say Joe Burrow, easily number one. He's far and away the best QB in the class, by the way. Uh, Agree. Chase Young has got to go two. And three, um, the Lions suck ass. They the, need just about everything. Except I was going to say unless they want to move on from uh, Stafford, which would be stupid in my opinion to do. But they, they could, I guess. They but pretty much need, they need just about everything. Yeah, they need everything. I early on I was thinking Okuda at number three, but I'm, I think I'm going to go Isaiah Simmons. All right, I'd probably go Okuda three still. That was my initial, you know, mock draft off the top of my head. So I'm going to stick with that until we see. You know, Simmons is going to blow the combine out of the fucking water here in the yeah. next couple of days. So uh, we'll see kind of what comes out news-wise and reports on where guys are doing interviews and focusing more of their attention on. Could kind of stem some light. But I'm just going to go Akuda at three still. Uh, but, you know, if I was going to gamble on it, I'm not sure that I would. <laughs> probably put my money on Simmons just because he, like you said, he's probably going to be the best player in the draft. But uh, we're going to get into much more of that discussion and debate and make our little mock draft video next week or the following, depending on scheduling. We got time. Draft's not for a couple more months. Uh, and obviously, free agency, like we talked about before, man. Spring training started this week. 
what's dominating every talking point, every headline, the fucking NFL. The first of the season is going to begin here in a few weeks, about a month from today, I think, is the first game. What's going to be talked about dominating the discussion points? The NFL draft. Yep, they dominate all year. We're in fucking February 26th, talking all football on the podcast when spring training just started. Yep. So and NBA just and had their All Star break and this Kobe tribute. It's like this is the law bleh. of the NBA, man. This is the law of the NBA. You already know who's good. Let's get to the playoffs, dude. Even if it was close get to the playoffs, there's no hunt. Who gives a shit about the bottom <laughs> right, four yeah. teams? Let's get to the playoffs and get on with it because that's what when not the just real the playoffs. Let's fast forward to the conference finals, man. Let's go, man, dude. It's gonna be a little bit maybe more the semis, maybe the semis. It's gonna be a little bit more interesting this year uh, than in years past, where it's you know, the same teams every single time. But you know. It's going to be fun next week, though, or whenever we do that uh, mock draft. We're going to make some interesting content for that. Make some clips, make some video, record uh, podcasts, obviously. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back with many a story to recount next week on next week's Call on the Field Stands podcast. As mentioned, going to the cabin, going to get into some shenanigans. So stay tuned for that. Jeffrey, been a great pleasure, sir. As always. Peace. Peace.